KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Now playing on the Parker Edison Project, Body Health. I interview a local black apothecarist whose philosophies manifest in her tonics and tinctures. Actually, when I talk to my dad about the herbs that I'm using, he'll say, oh, my mom used to do that. I believe it's part of our ancestral lineage. That's up next on the Parker Edison Project. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. I know the 24-7 news cycle we see every day is heavy. I know that the political theater, the communities suffering from government neglect, and each shooting we hear about, whether it be a police shooting or a mass shooting, these things break our hearts. But we have a choice. We can choose to let the news beat us down and make us close off to the world. We can close our hearts and refuse to love we can refuse to forgive, and we can refuse to release these things that do not support us. But this will only hurt us and the people around us that we care about. MLK Jr. has said that there is something of a civil war going on within all of our lives. And I think there's a quote by Ram Das that is a beautiful compliment to this idea, which says that when our hearts break, our hearts break open. Let these stories we hear break your heart. Let them break your heart open. With an open heart, you can heal. And once you begin healing, you can inspire others to open their hearts and heal. Let's all take our open hearts out into the world and heal our future. Let's all win our civil wars with love. You are now tuned to the Parker Edison Project. Good morning, and welcome to Season 3 of the Parker Edison Project. I closed last season with an episode on mental health. I made a conscious choice to discuss the topic because I was learning and applying it in my own life. I had no idea it would resonate with Cast the way it did. In the last six months, I've gained a better understanding of how the mind and body are tied, which brings me to the topic of this episode, body health. Not just the absence of illness, but the use of resources to maintain a physical well-being. One of the first things I noticed while trying to obtain this is exercise is costly. If you have the extra income to afford a monthly gym membership, which can be as much as three figures, you'll still need to pay for transportation to get to and from a facility and fresh food to replenish with afterwards. There's a reason celebs and athletes often have amazing figures because they have the time and resources to make it so. My first guests are very much aware that exercise is one more tool being rationed out unfairly, and they're going to great lengths to educate and inspire communities of color to the benefits of its access. What's your name? Brian. My name is LaToya McKelvin. Where are we right now? We are in the Jacob Center, Southeast San Diego. How do you know Brian? Brian is my lovely fiance. We've been engaged for about three years. We are both a part of the uh, business accelerator here for Movement Matters Collective. What's the product or service that you specialize in? We specialize in Pilates, yoga, and mindful movement. So basically, we help people feel good from the inside out and find joy on their wellness journey. Southeast San Diego, often very urban, very distant from holistic or wellness medicine. How do the two connect for you? 
when I look around here in Southeast San Diego, I see a lot of folks that look just like me. And I started this company for my family, basically. We lost three of my aunts to late stage cancer. Focusing on Southeast San Diego um, and black and brown communities, it's really, really extremely important for me because it's actually, it's the foundation. And so our studio itself is in, uh, Golden Hill South Park, but we straddle. It's beautiful because we have Logan Heights, Sherman Heights, Barrio Logan, all right there. We actually take our services outside of our studio into the community. So we've partnered with I Am Green. We have weekly classes in Chula Vista where, just so you know, there are no Pilates studio prop in, in Chula Vista proper. There are no Pilates studios. There is half of the amount of yoga studios in Chula Vista um, compared to like North County or downtown San Diego and surrounding areas. It's insane. It is a fitness desert, a wellness desert. Everyone, especially post COVID, has realized that wellness is not a luxury. It is a necessity. So these resources have to be in these communities because it is a necessity. You teach Pilates, but I'm not I'm not sure what is that? What is that? Uh, so I have this little saying. So if yoga, calisthenics, gymnastics, wrestling all had a crazy one night stand and had a baby, <laughs> it would be Pilates. Mm. There is an emphasis on uh, stretching and strengthening the muscles and making sure that your spine is super mobile and super healthy. Mm. Yep. Wow. Pilates actually started in Germany. It was created by a German inventor and athlete by the name of Joseph Pilates. Uh, he brought it to America. It worked for him. It helped to rehabilitate uh, soldiers coming back from the war. And over the course of the 20th and 21st century, it has been really utilized a lot by dancers. Um, and if you look at the Pilates world right now, super white that's just there's no ifs ands or buts about it um i'm blessed to have a a black mentor a black female pilates mentor stella she's actually the president of the pilates method alliance which is the governing body for the uh for pilates so there have been a lot of elders that have come under joseph pilates but there are only two women he certified mm -hmm. to go out and teach mm -hmm. One was a, a Puerto Rican woman mm -hmm. and the other was a black woman. So hey. you got Lolita and you got Kathy. <laughs> so it's very important. It's a part of our history. It's, it's like we women of color have really helped and been on the forefront of Pilates since the very beginning. What is the timetable that you have for Movement Matters? What do you have in mind for it? You know, having Movement Matters do more things organizationally, so so not just helping with health and wellness or, or maybe with movement in that way. Maybe it would be more financial literacy. Um, maybe it would be more um, something focused on career. You know, maybe it would be those types of things. So individual or organizational focused. It is movement. Movement is actual physical movement, but movement is movement of the mind as well. So there's, you know, you know, just with the financial literacy, with the career growth, you know, that's growth, right? That is actual movement. In order to grow, you have to move. So those are the types of things that we want to incorporate outside of just the actual physical movement. Even in our mission statement, we say that our goal is to help folks improve their overall well-being, right? 
And the challenge that we are solving for right now is when you think of wellness, when you think of mindfulness, when you think of fitness, one thing comes to mind, it's your body. But there are multiple components. It's your environment, what you're breathing in, what you're intaking via social media, the health of your finances, the health of your mind, even though I really do a great job of instructing the body. Like one of the biggest roles that I take on as a movement instructor is guiding the mind, right? How can listeners tap in with Movement Matters? You can come visit our studio, which is located on 30th and C Street. Uh, we straddle South Park and Golden Hill, and we service some really great communities. And you can also follow us on Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> and Facebook, all of the social media platforms. Movement Matters is continuing an age-old tradition of the shaman, Sherpa, or the medicine woman. Members of society who take it upon themselves to practice and pass on these tools of comfort and longevity. Some controversial historians recognize the Salem witch trials as a strategy that stole medicine from the people and eventually put it in hospital hands. Even today, U.S. herbalists are not federally licensed. Holistic medicine is demonized, depicted as hippie cures or quackery. It's easier to discredit them that way. It allows Big Pharma to stop any corrections suggested by the holistic community. Medicine is an indigenous science, and like many other things, it was stolen and the original practitioners were vilified. Isn't it ironic? Skilled holistic practitioners who were credible enough to have their art stolen are now completely discredited and depicted as savages, while the American pharmaceutical industry makes cash hand over fist with the very same formulas they stole. Hmm. All that said, there are still people around the country rooted in these fields. No pun intended. One of which is a good friend of mine now who I met while trying to balance my own body. She's still mixing up the medicines of the old world and making people better with it. What do you do? How do we know each other? I am an herbalist, an energy healer, and we know each other because you're one of my herbal clients. That's right. Take your tinctures and drink your tea like a boss. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Not that's not true for all my clients. I think it's super interesting. One, I don't know any other black apothecaries. Are there more that you know of? There are. Actually, when I talk to my dad often about the herbs that I'm using or the things that I'm mixing up, he'll say, oh, my mom used to do that. My mom used to to dig up this root. I believe it's part of our ancestral lineage. The herbs that we use here in America, most of them we learned from Native Americans that we're using the plants that are indigenous to this land. And I believe it's the same worldwide. For most countries, herbs are the go-to medicine and pharmaceutical drugs are secondary. Big Pharma is trying to create something that everybody can utilize. So it kind of covers everything. But what you're doing is very different, very specific. Can you kind of uh, expound on that? What I do is I speak with the client depending on what they need. And we talk about the energy of whatever they're dealing with. And some of that's intuitive on my end. The plants that I think will resonate most with a client. I like to create formulas for my clients that are very specific to whatever they're dealing with. With. A traditional herbalist or or healer would want someone to heal from the root of whatever their issue is and really digging down and getting deep rather than just like trying to slap a band-aid or 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 get rid of symptoms. There is just no one size fits all. And the beautiful thing about herbalism is there are so many plants. This is your it's your craft, it's your art, it's something you've been doing. How long have you been in this field? 
formally in 2019. But when I had my first baby, I was living in Africa. I didn't have a lot of access to like natural products that you can just buy off the shelf like you can here, there. And so I just started studying and doing my own research and making things, right? Like making soap or making making things that were just cleaner. And that just slowly began to build. Um, for me, it really started with essential oils too. And all medicine in herbs comes from the essential oils of the plants. Um, but I was introduced to plant medicine through essential oils first. But I formally did a clinical herbalism certificate. I began it in 2019 and finished in 2020. So, What's a piece of information that you wish was was more out there, more prominent in regards to herb and natural medicine? So there's no one plant or one medicine or one form of healing that's going to be for everyone. What I like to offer is to stay curious, to explore different things and see what combination of whether it's plants or healing methodologies really align with you as a, as a person. So it's important to note that it takes time. Plants are generally working at the root of whatever issue you're dealing with. Like I said, it's not a band-aid, right? If you're having pain somewhere and you're working with plant medicine, it, it's going to take time before that pain is completely gone for it to truly be healed. It almost sounds like you're describing intelligent medicine. Mm, yeah, it is intelligent medicine. If you're working with, say, like mullein leaf for your respiratory system, like it's the intelligence of our bodies combined with the intelligence of the plants that when we take it, it has an affinity for the lungs. It goes and it tones and it strengthens and it helps heal our lungs. How else would that be possible if it weren't intelligent? Just in your craft, not even professionally, what's the next thing that interests you? With plant medicine, I still consider myself like a baby herbalist. I don't. I won't be able to call myself a master herbalist for like 20 years. There's so much to learn, which is also keeps it really exciting anytime I sit down with a client and I get to open my herb books and really dig into these different plants and what they can offer people. But I would really like to be able to creatively offer healing energy out into the world through writing and poetry and, and hopefully through my voice, whether it be podcasting or something like that. That's kind of the direction I'm headed and I'd like to have resonate kind of turn into a way to curate healing practices. Where can listeners who want to get closer to your magic find you? My website is resonatewith.co. Same on Instagram, resonate underscore underscore with. There was a time when every neighborhood had at least one doctor. Maybe not college certificated, but skilled enough to keep the community alive. That's why Aaliyah impresses me so. She's part of a long legacy that's getting harder and harder to spot. Keep working, sis. The future needs the part of the past you're bringing. After the break... I'm going to bring you out to North Kakalak to hear from a rapper who's moving more than just words. Stay tuned for more, tuned of, the for PEP. more of the PEP. In 2023, hip-hop is turning 50 years old, and there's no better way to celebrate this monumental anniversary than by playing the Questions Hip-Hop Trivia Game. Based on the acclaimed live event turned online show and podcast of the same name, the Questions Hip Hop Trivia features 300 cards to challenge and entertain everybody from casual listeners to the most diehard liner note reading rap nerds. The Questions Hip Hop Trivia, available wherever you get games and books, or order yours at www.questionshiphop.com. 
KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. And now back to the PEP. PEP. There's an interesting theory I was reminded of recently, that our physical body remembers injuries because it takes the time to repair them. So part of the healing might be making new physical memories to replace the painful ones. Yoga is one way we can do this. My next guest is going to touch on that, pun intended this time. But in general, this is just an awesome moment. I think you're really going to dig it. Ladies and gentlemen, North Carolina's favorite little brother. Sir, what's your name and what do you do for a living? My name is Fonte Coleman. I'm a rapper, singer, producer, voiceover artist, <laughs> actor. <laughs> uh, I, I just love to make cool shit. In June of 2022, Rolling Stone named Little Brother's debut album as one of the top 200 hip-hop albums of all time, saying that the listening made left of center seem like the pinnacle. Uh, Are there aspects of that album that still inspire you? Just the fact that it was a record that we did with very minimal means. There's a saying like with engineers and just in the music, you know, kind of on the tech side of just, you know, it's not the gear. It ain't the gear, it's the ear. We recorded that album on like makeshift equipment, like, you know, a compact presario. And we did that like in my buddy's apartment, like in this bedroom, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that record took me around the world. And so my setup now is still... I mean, the equipment is better, let's be clear, (laughs) but it still is a a pretty minimal setup. Yeah, I think just operating from that way is something that has stayed with me throughout the years of just, you know, if you have a great idea, you don't really need a lot of equipment. The equipment is only going to go as far as your idea allows it to go. When things are moving too fast... Are there things that you've picked up while you've been working, tools or routines you've implemented to kind of slow things down? Uh, one thing I do that I've implemented really in the past couple months or so, I started doing yoga. My, my idea of exercise has changed, you know, as I get older. And, you know, I'm, I come from a sports background. Like I, um, I started playing football in middle school and uh, played all through high school. I did you know, football, wrestling, track. Then in college, I played my first two years of college football. So that was kind of always my way of of exercise, just operating from a team perspective, like you're training and conditioning. Now, you know, 20 years after the fact, I'm not training for shit no more. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> I'm operating now and, and working out now uh, for for vitality and for quality of life, you know. Yoga was something that I just started and um, it really just helps me to focus on having a relationship with my body. And um, it was something that, you know, I didn't, I ain't had the patience for in my, when I was in my twenties, but now um, it's something that has definitely helped me just kind of slow down and just, even if it's just, you know, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, it's just something that helps me really just sit and uh, just take that time and um, to really just focus on me and, uh, it takes me out of survival mode, which mm-hmm. is something that, you know, I think a lot of black men don't even realize that that's what we're functioning in. One thing that I stumbled back over while I was prepping for this is this interview that you did with, with the great Sean Sotero for the Cypher. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. Shout out to Sean. Absolutely. 
And you told this story of barreling through the last four tracks of the No News is Good News project. What's one thing that keeps you sane and grounded during those high paced uh, seasons? One thing that keeps me grounded during those high paced seasons of just a lot of work is the assurance that one day it's going to be over. You know, the thought of ends, things ending, I mean, in some ways they can, it can be troubling. It can be, it can bring sadness, but you know, in this context is something that always just brought me comfort of just saying, okay, I know I got four songs to do, but it's only four songs. And, and the hardest, the most resistance always shows up when you're towards the finish line. You know, when, when uh, me and Pooh were working on Made a Little Watch in 20, 19. The album was just about done. I think we only had like one or two more records to do. And literally, my computer crashed. Like in the middle of a song, we were recording a trip to the Apple Store and a few thousand dollars later, <laughs> I had a new computer. It's that last test of like, yo, you sure you want this? Like, you sure? Like, you really want it? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you were? But <laughs> I knew that we was almost finished, so I found comfort in that. That makes me think of growth. And I guess my next question is, in your opinion, how does how does a person learn to process new information specifically as they age? I think a person learns to process information as they age by first and foremost, knowing your limitations. I can go on TikTok or whatever and, mm -hmm. and I can except that that is just a a form of youthful expression you know what i'm saying just as we did but i also have the wisdom to know that my knees <laughs> you know what i mean like it, for me like in my 40s that's just been a big shift of just understanding that you know this is a form of expression and it's not for you you can appreciate something you can see the value in it and it can still not be for you and it's okay what are you what are you working on right now? Finishing up uh, the Little Brother documentary, uh, Made a Little Watch. We've been working on it since 2018. I've lost my mind a few times over it. <laughs> so I know it's almost done. <laughs> so, yeah, right, right. So, <laughs> a lot of times I'm used to when I'm working on projects, I'll have multiple things going at the same time. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I may have, OK, I'm doing a verse here. I'm doing this. Uh, or if I'm in a project and I just need a break. Mm -hmm. I can go do something else artistic. Like if I'm working on an LB album and it's just like, okay, I need a minute. Let me just go over here and I'll, you know, I'll, you know, do some backgrounds on this Be My Fiasco record or I'll, you know, Zoe's working on something. I'll, you know, write a song for his project that him and Tall Black are doing or I'll do a verse for one of the homies or something, you know, just to kind of, kind of decompress and take myself out of it. With working on a film, I realized that that's just not possible. It truly takes all of the air out of the room because there's so many moving pieces and there's so many things that could go wrong. And there's so much you have to oversee and you're constantly looking and wondering. It's like, okay, do we have the story? Did we get it right? Did we do this? Did we get this? Did we do that? So yeah, man. So me and Pooh, you know, we we uh, you know, we really went in on it and uh, shout, you know, our, our team, Rap Portraits, uh, Holland, my brothers, uh, my my little brothers, Holland Gallagher, Holland Randolph Gallagher, and my man Yo Phillips, um, at Rap Portraits. You know, those are our little brothers in this, and so um, you know, they are assisting us in telling the story in a very beautiful way. So so yeah, that's coming, that's coming soon. 
if we went out to your car right now, we just got up, walked out in your car, turned it on, what would come on the stereo? What would come on the stereo? Okay, let me pull up my Spotify. Let me just see. Man, I'm bumping kind of a throwback. Uh, the Obligato, the, the Brother Jack McDuff remix that Dilla did for the Blue Note Revisited project. This is like back in like 20... I feel like this was 04 or 05 something. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, the Obligato, I was, I was running, running that. Uh, my brother Sonny Miles, um, bumping him. He's a singer from out of here, from uh, Winston. Bumping the home team, uh, Be My Fiasco, F.E. Music, uh, Zoe and Tall Black. You know what I'm saying? That's family. Some of everything. Uh, God, I don't want to leave nothing out. I'm bumping this joint, uh, Soul Set, uh, Poorly Moment. It's uh, um, uh, John Beltran. Uh, I think he, I don't know if he produced it, but I know he's behind it. And it's like, it's this beautiful song. I listen to a lot of stuff, man. I'm just always looking for things that inspire me and looking for things that make me want to run to the lab and be like, yo, I got to get on my ish. Bruh, here's what I dig the most. One, he took the time to drop in and drop jewels on us. That's big. Two, he's evolving. He's adding to every part of his life, not just his art game, his discipline, his mental, and of course, his body's health. I'm a fan. And in fact, you already know how this show is going to end, right? This is one of my favorite tracks by this gentleman. It's, what am I doing? Hey, hey, it's your track, man. W- could, could you please introduce it real fast? Yo, what up? This is Fonte. Fontigolo, Mutigolo, 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 kicking it with my man's Parker Edison on the Parker Edison Project. We about to get into something real nice, real smooth, produced by my brother, Tall Black Guy. This is Sweet You from my album, No News is Good News. And um, hope y'all dig it. All right, peace. Saturday night, just kicking it with my best man. Looked at my left hand, I got a ring on. <laughs> How did we get here? Started with a kiss, then another kiss, then another kiss, then a covered dish with white rice, greens, and smother fish. I'm lying, it was just chicken. It. Now we got a covenant, it's on a bond for life And all my years this was the easiest song to write It's my confession and the rhyme, a testament and I Just wanna do my thing as I talk about a feeling that cannot be explained Or a love that cannot be contained in a measurement of time Some say it was a blessing in disguise Scratch that girl, you a lesson from the skies And I thank God for my winnings, that's word to life Jennings Finally letting go of the mistakes of my 20s I admit that I'm not an easy sell But I'm the PD to your Chiwa tell Your big boy to tell them Pay your people bill My be for real Swore I wouldn't do it again My man said that'll change First time is all about Working through your baggage Second time around It's all about the baggage claim Thank your maker Stack your paper With a real one Major key Clavinet Lead a mother don't read like clarinets, gorgeous. No wrongs in this love song I wrote for us. Wedding play all day with no chorus. Yo, Let's try. <laughs> this goes out to you. Yeah. It's you, it's you. 
with me, girl. On the couch. Two pillows. One pillowcase. Yeah. Thanks for stopping in. The Parker Edison Project is produced and hosted by yours truly, Parker Edison, and of course, the good people at Platform Collection. Be sure to subscribe and catch the next episode on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, visit theparkeredisonproject.com or hit us on Instagram at the P.E. Project. Chris Reyes is head of audio production. Lisa Jane Morissette is operations manager, and John Decker is associate general manager for content. This programming is made possible in part by the KPBS Explorer Content Fund. I love saying that because it reminds me of Sesame Street. Y'all stay safe out there. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota. Let's go places.